Rina gadangle de mozekele de brisa katali yanaga. Mengle de boroko tosketele de bruza kalade boroko tosketele de brina katane geanda. Father, we praise and bless the name of Jesus. We rejoice that we have this opportunity to learn and to be equipped by your word today. Thank you for everyone connected to the service today. Some in their homes, some in their cars, around the world. We rejoice that we have the privilege to connect together again through the teaching of God's word. I decree that revelation knowledge is granted everyone under the sound of my voice. Body and sinews are destroyed. Your people built up, equipped, edified, Jesus glorified. Nobody leaves this service the same way they came. We give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer sees a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. I want to welcome every one of you connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Those of you connected in the house centers all over Akwaibom State and all our campuses around the world. Hey guys, we're excited to have everybody connected. It's a joy to see that you're all hungry to know more of the things that are yours in Christ Jesus. So I'm excited to have all of you connected to the service. Get ready, the word is going to build you up and you will never be the same again. So grab your pen, your notebook, and your Bible, and your sweet, smart self. You can be seated as we get into the word of Almighty God. Let me also ask those of you watching online, help us tag some people, invite some people, share with some people. Those of you that are watching on television, call some people to reach out. It's going to be a powerful time of studying the word of his grace. We're looking at the series, The Misunderstood God, Part 2. The Misunderstood God, Part 2. And we began to investigate the power of God. We began to look into what is the power of God. How does the power of God function? So pay attention because we're going to get into some things tonight. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. Brother Paul writes to Timothy and he says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice he says salvation through faith in Christ will be the light of the Old Testament. You have known the Holy Scriptures. How do you know the Holy Scriptures? Or how do you become acquainted or appreciate the Holy Scriptures? And he says the appreciation of the Holy Scriptures, which is Genesis to Malachi, will be through faith which is in Christ Jesus. If there's any area believers encounter challenge in Bible study, it will be the Old Testament books. The Old Testament books. And that shouldn't be a problem. Because we see Paul telling Timothy that you become wise, the word Sophia, the word Sophizo, you become wise or skillful in the Old Testament when you know salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, the light or the interpretation or the understanding of the Old Testament will be through Christ. Or 
that faith in Christ is the light with which to study the Old Testament. Faith in Christ is the light with which to study the Old Testament. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse number 16. Romans chapter 1 verse number 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believe it. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Remember we are talking about the power of God. In the natural, our minds fathom power by force. You know, um, when things are falling all over the place. Thunder, lightning, quakes. All of that is in our mind what we call power. Alright? Now, it's so important to know that God's wisdom is not equivalent or a reflection of man's wisdom. God's wisdom is different from man's wisdom. So if we agree that God's wisdom is different from man's wisdom, then certainly God's power is different from what man defines power to be. So he says that the power of God is the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Separated unto the gospel of God. So this is the first time Brother Paul mentions the word gospel or power in Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Separated unto the gospel of God. Give me verse 2 so we see the first mention of power. Verse 2. Which he had promised afore by his prophets. By his prophets where? In the holy scriptures. In the holy scriptures meaning he has promised that in the Old Testament. Genesis to Malachi. Give me verse 3 of Romans chapter 1, verse 3. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So the gospel of God is concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Look at verse 4 now. And declare to be the son of God with power. Declare to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So the term gospel of God means the gospel that came from God. You are Jelion in the Greek. Good news from God. It tells you how God put out this gospel. It was promised before the Holy Scriptures. Genesis to Malachi. So the power of God is in the gospel and the gospel in the Old Testament is a promise. The power of God is in the gospel and the gospel in the Old Testament is a promise. Give me Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Put it up for me. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. By the resurrection from the dead. Means you will find the gospel of God in Genesis to Malachi. Promised before. Pro Jelion. And you will see that word promised before in Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 5. 
It means you will find the gospel in a promissory note. Promised before. You will find the gospel in a promissory note. Faith, please write this down if you're making notes. Faith makes the gospel effective. Whether in a promise or fulfilled. Faith makes the gospel effective. Whether in a promise or fulfilled. So, God will be found under the Old Testament or in the Old Testament under the promise of Christ. God will be found in the Old Testament under the promise of Christ. I need you to hear that again. God will be found in the Old Testament under the promise of Christ. Now the question is, what was unique about the promise of Christ? Many who were raised in the church, I inclusive, you know, they grew up and um, because they thought they knew God, after years they discovered that they really didn't know God. They just knew something else. They just had an imagery God or a God that only existed imagination because of the kind of message they were ex ex exposed to. And some are becoming atheists today over a God that they never knew. And somebody I met who said he was an atheist said to me, the reason why he doesn't want to follow God was because he applied to the Catholic seminary that he wanted to be a reverend father and they didn't take him as a reverend father. They dribbled him around, dribbled him around and denied him the opportunity to be a reverend father. Then he went to another church and in that church something went wrong. They brought him before the church and flogged him in the church. So from that day he left the church and he said he didn't need God. So you see the misrepresentation of God. The misrepresentation in the mind of that young guy. A God that never existed who was partial. A God that never existed who was intimidating and took advantage of people. Was the God that was communicated to that young man. And that's how so many people are in churches today or out of churches. They got exposed to a God that is not the God of our Lord Jesus Christ which came by the distorted opinions and experiences of men who tried to communicate God to such people and that God never existed. Because if people were properly taught, they would have felt that way or they wouldn't have felt that way about God. So he calls the gospel the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for the gospel is the power of God. Then what exactly should I look for in the Old Testament? What exactly, when I read the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, what should I look for? Because there is a bias to the reading of the Old Testament. Romans chapter 1 verse number 3. Romans chapter 1 verse number 3. Pay attention. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. What do I look for in the Old Testament? I look for the son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in a promise. So he said concerning his son, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 4 of Romans chapter 1 again, verse 4. And declared to be the son of God with power. Declared to be the son of God with power. According to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection from the dead. By the resurrection from the dead. Please pay attention. So that's the first time he mentioned the word power. Then he said he is declared the son of God with power. The word declared is the word horizo. 
horizo is used to mark out one among others. When he uses horizo, he is saying, among all those who spoke for God, this one was determined. Among all the prophets, this one stands out, horizo. It means Jesus stands out. In other words, if you want to know God and what he is saying, look at this one, horizo, determined or declared. That word horizo, declared, you will see where it is used in Luke chapter 22, verse 22. Write it down for further study. But give me Acts 2.32. Acts chapter 2, verse 32. Pay attention. Acts 2.32. This Jesus had God raised up, whereof we are all, we all are witnesses. Next verse. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed for these which you now see and hear. Next verse. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. Go back to verse 33 again. Look at that 33 again. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father. Did you see that? Now give me verse 31. Acts 2, 31. Acts 2, 31. He seen this before spake of the resurrection of Christ. That his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh seek corruption. Give me verse 30 of the same Acts chapter 2. Glory to God. Verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. That is, God determined this or declared this. Then look at it again in Acts 10.42. You can read this for further study. Acts 10.42, Acts 11.29, Acts 17.26, Acts 17.31. I'll go over the list again. Acts 10.42, Acts 11.29, Acts 17.26, and Acts 17.31. But look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 7, the word horizo. Hebrews chapter 4 verse number 7. Again, he limited, that word limited, a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. It always typifies a uniqueness of that person. Horizo. A uniqueness. It typifies a uniqueness of that person. So when he says the word limited, the word limited means he marked out a certain period among other periods. Meaning this period is unique. So every time you find the word horizo is among other things. So if we say for example, Jesus was declared to be the son of God with power or Jesus was marked out as the son of God. That will mean among the prophets, Jesus is marked out separate. Jesus stands out or Jesus is marked out separate because he is not a messenger. He is the message of the prophets. He is the message of the prophets. The word horizon, all right, declared. So he is marked out the son of God and uniquely. 
marked out the Son of God and uniquely. So Hebrews chapter 4 verse 7, where was that truth first given? That truth was first given to Moses when he wrote the book of Genesis in Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. We studied this the other day, but I'd like you to pay attention. Genesis chapter 2 verse number 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his walk which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his walk which he had made. Verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because that in it he had rested from all his walk which God created and made. Remember in our study I told you that this was the understanding of God's plan for man. That the rest of God was marked out for, God, for man. He sanctified the seven days, set it apart. He marked it out for man. So when we say Sabbath, we're not talking about a Monday, Tuesday, a Saturday, or a Sunday. Sabbath simply refers to faith in God. Sabbath simply refers to faith in God. Where God does the work and you just enter into the rest of God. So that means before man committed a single sin, God offered man Sabbath. Before man committed a single sin, God offered man Sabbath. Sabbath preceded sin. Please take note. The Sabbath of God preceded sin. So Sabbath is not a reaction. Sabbath is not an afterthought. Sabbath has always been the plan. So God had limited a day long before Moses mentioned the seventh day. Long before it preceded Adam. That's why we said faith in Christ is not the cure. Faith in Christ is not the cure. Faith in Christ is actually the plan. Faith in Christ is not an afterthought. So the power of God is seen in the gospel which God already preordained before Adam was made. Because this gospel was God's plan before the world began. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 1. Pay attention. Titus chapter 1 verse number 1. Paul, a servant of Christ and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Next verse. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. What did God promise before the world began? God promised eternal life. The promise of God, which is the gospel before Adam was even created, was life. The gospel is the life of God communicated to men through a message. Life. So the power of God is seen in that gospel. Romans chapter 4 verse 1, the, I mean chapter 1 verse 4, declared to be the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. So God's promise is in the resurrection of Jesus. That is where you will find his character. I repeat, God's promise is in the resurrection of Jesus. That is where you will find his character. I repeat, God's promise is in the resurrection of Jesus. That is where you will find his character. 
So if you want to know God's character, you have to look at God's character through the binoculars of the resurrection of Jesus as the promise of the gospel before the world began. As the promise of the gospel before the world began. So if there is anything we need to fundamentally resolve is knowing the character of God. If there is anything we need to fundamentally resolve is knowing the character of God. John chapter 1 verse 17. John chapter 1 verse number 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You can't read the Bible through and through and be confused about God. You cannot read the Bible true and true and be confused about God. What you will see as you read the Bible carefully is a progressive revelation. A progressive revelation of God in the Old Testament. There is a progression of the unveiling of God in the Old Testament. That is what we said about rest in Genesis 2 was repeated by Moses. And then David prophesied it. So it became clearer after a while. Because the Old Testament is a progression of the revelation of God. Until Jesus said, the Sabbath, man is not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is made for man. Then he now killed it by saying, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. That means, I am Sabbath personified. Jesus said, I am the Sabbath. So the Sabbath of God is a person. The Sabbath of God is a person. So it is not a contradiction. Rather, it is a progressive revelation. It is not a contradiction. Rather, it is a progressive revelation. The seeming contradictions in the Old Testament are as a result of the lack of our understanding. Those things we call contradictions actually... They are a lack of our understanding of the progressive nature of the revelation of God in the Old Testament. The progressive nature of the character of God in the Old Testament. Please pay attention. So John chapter 1 verse 17, the law was didomai or given or offered. The law was offered by Moses. Moses offered it. It was not by force, it was an offer. But grace, that is truth. Came, the word came is the word genomai. Grace, which is, or that is truth, genomai, or existed as Jesus Christ. Grace, which is truth, existed by Jesus, or as Jesus. Not by Jesus, existed as Jesus. Jesus is the grace of God and Jesus is the revelation of the truth of God and the truth of God is the grace of God. So Moses offered the law. Moses offered the law. Grace which is truth exists as Jesus. Grace which is truth exists as Jesus. So Jesus is the truth personified. Jesus is the grace of God personified. So why did he use the word truth? 
The truth there is, is the truth about God. The truth that there is in Jesus is the truth about God. So grace is the truth about God. Grace is the truth about God. I want to repeat one more time. Grace is the truth about God. Let's look at Moses a little bit before we begin to explore this power. Moses in Exodus chapter 33, but before we get there, Moses is a personality we need to figure out. It didn't say the law exists as Moses. It said the law was offered didomai by Moses, but grace, which is the truth, exists as Jesus. Exists grace, exists as Jesus. The law was given by Moses. Moses who gave the law also gave them the temple and gave them protocols to observe. And if you observe, Moses himself never observed those protocols. Never offered an animal. Never did Aaron sprinkle blood on Moses. He went into the temple and came out at will. He never kept any of the protocols. The tabernacle was a pattern of the finished work of Christ. But Moses built it for them since they rejected the finished work of Christ and gave it to them as a ritual. Then he goes to God after giving them the tabernacle, worship, giving them the animal sacrifices, giving them Aaron as their priest. Moses now goes to God in Exodus 33, 18. Put it up for me. Exodus 33, 18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. The word glory there is the word kabod. The word glory there is the word kabod. Show me your weight. Show me who you are. After all Moses has done, after all the signs and wonders and miracles in Egypt, after all the demonstration and display of miracles and signs, Moses came to God and said, God, show me your glory. Some things he had done is what some people, you know, boast of today in their ministries. And they boast of it and they call it the glory of God. Miracles, signs, wonders. But Moses, after all those miracles, signs, wonders, was still seeking to see the glory of God. He was still saying, God, show me your glory. Then look at God's answer in Exodus 33, 19. Exodus 33, 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Moses says, show me your glory. And God called his glory goodness. I will make my goodness. The word goodness is the word tub. T-U-B. Is used in the Hebrew. Is used 32 times. Let's look at a few of it. Genesis 24 verse 10. Genesis 24 verse 10. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. Alright. He's talking about goods of the master. Look at Genesis 45 18. Genesis 45 verse 18. And take your father and your household and come unto me. And I will show you the good of the land of Egypt. And you shall eat the fat of the land. Look at verse 20 of Genesis 45. 
verse 20. Also, regard not your stuff. For the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. So, he's talking about good there, where the word goodness comes from, the word tob. It's taken from the word tob. T-U-B, taken from the word T-O-B. What, whenever it is used, it is used for things, actions, and commodities. He was saying, I will make good things. I will make good things. That's God's response to Moses. I will make good things come before you. That's why the Hebrew writer says, Moses saw the riches of Christ and regarded the riches of Christ better than the treasures of Egypt. Moses saw the glory of God as God's goodness. He saw the glory of God as God's kindness. What he gives in his goodness as the benefit of the recipient. What God offers in his goodness as the benefit of the recipient. So Moses knew about the grace of God. He knew who God was in his goodness. Because God told him, my glory is my goodness. Then why did he offer something different to Israel? If you knew the grace of God and knew the goodness of God, why did he offer something different to Israel? Please pay attention. Exodus chapter 20 verse 18. Exodus chapter 20 verse 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. Next verse. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Let not God speak with us, lest we die. So these people were actually what Moses called stiff-necked people. It's not humility. Them saying, no, 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 we don't want God to talk with us. It was a display of unbelief. God says, I want to relate with you people as a kingdom of priests. I want to talk with you. I want to make you people priests and kings. And they say, Moses, tell God we don't want the offer. That was unbelief. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Brother Paul now. Wherefore then served the law. The law was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Listen carefully. God never made Moses the mediator. God never made Moses the mediator. Because God never gave the law. God never gave the law. Men made Moses the mediator. It is men that said to Moses, you go and speak to God and come and talk to us. Men appointed Moses a mediator. So Moses was appointed by men. Now let's look at the word mediator. It was used in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. But before 1 Timothy, look at Galatians 3.19. Galatians 3.19 again. Wherefore then served the law, it was added because of transgression till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hands of a mediator. Now take note of that. Now look at 1 Timothy 2.5. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. Pay attention. 
For there is one mediator, I mean one God, and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the mediator. Look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. But now had he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Again, Jesus is the mediator here. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So, have you discovered that in our reading, there was no time Moses was called the mediator. Mediator is used for Jesus. But unbelief appointed Moses a mediator over Israel. Even in Galatians 3.19, his name was not mentioned. Why? Because the law and the mediator were added. It was added because of transgression. The law was added. And the mediator was added by unbelief. It was added because of transgression. So unbelievers or unbelief was what made the law. Unbelievers or unbelief was what made the law. Pay, pay attention. The law was never. The law is never. The law will never be God's plan. The law was never. The law is never. The law will never be the plan of God. So you can never know God in the law. You can never know the power of God in the law. You can never understand the character of God in the law. Because the law was never of God. The law is not of God. And the law will never be of God. Please stay with me. The law was given by Moses. So Moses was a man appointed mediator. Moses was a man appointed mediator. Why was it given? Galatians 3.19 It was given because of transgression. What transgression? 3.19 Wherefore then served the law it was added because of transgressions. It was added because of transgressions. Look at 3.17 Galatians. Galatians 3.17, pay attention. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non-effect. That it should make the promise of non-effect. Now, so, it shows you that the law and the promise didn't come from the same source. That is why the law cannot make the promise of non-effect. The law cannot make the promise of non-effect because the law and the promise did not come from the same source. The promise and the law were in operation 
at the same time in the Old Testament. And they were offered as a choice. The promise or the law. The law for unbelievers. The promise for those who believe the gospel. If you look at the scriptures, that word transgression is the Greek word parabasis. Parabasis. You will find that in Romans 3.23, Romans 4.15, Hebrews 2.2. 2. Romans 3.23, Romans 4.15, Hebrews 2.2. 2. Look at Romans 5.14. Romans chapter 5 verse 14, the word transgression. Nevertheless, that reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over them which had not seen after the similitude of Adam's transgressions. Who is the figure of him that was to come? After the similitude of Adam's transgression. So Adam's sin was called a transgression. Look at Romans 4.15. Romans chapter 4 verse 15. Because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Where no law is, there is no transgression. First Timothy 2.14. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14. Parabasis. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman was deceived, being deceived was in the transgression. So we have seen Adam's sin. It was called transgression. The sin of Adam was called transgression. What will be the transgression of Adam? Since there was no law. What will be the transgression of Adam? Since there was no law. Remember, Romans 5.13. Let's read it for clarity. Romans 5.13. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. In the time of Adam, there was no law of Moses. So what will be Adam's transgression? Because look at Romans 4.15. Romans chapter 4 verse 15. Because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Where no law is, look at me, there is no transgression. And when Adam sinned against God, there was no law of Moses. But yet the sin of Adam was called transgression. Look at Romans again 5.14. Pay attention. Romans chapter 5 verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over them that are not seen after the similitude of Adam's transgression. After the similitude of Adam's transgression. So Adam's sin was transgression. Where will be the transgression since Adam operated without the law of Moses? It's a transgression from the promise of the gospel of his resurrection. What made Moses a mediator? Transgression from the promise. Look at what God said. Exodus 19.5 Exodus 19.5 now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. 6. 19.6 And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. 
These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So what God told Moses to tell Israel is that there will be to him a kingdom of priests and kings. But Israel disbelieved the gospel. They disbelieved God. Therefore, they transgressed. They transgressed. God said, take life. They said, no, we will die. God said, take life. They said, no, we will die. Their unregenerate nature made Moses a champion among them. Look at Deuteronomy 32, 15. Deuteronomy 32, verse 15. But Jeshurun was fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. The Jews forsook Christ. So Moses is telling them why he gave them the law. Because they forsook Christ. Look at Deuteronomy 32.20. Deuteronomy 32.20. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward generation. Children in whom is no faith. Children in whom is no faith. They are a forward means one who goes off. They are a, a group of children in whom is no faith. Faith where? Faith in Christ. What did God promise in the scriptures? He promised the resurrection of his son. What did they not believe? They didn't believe in Christ. So every unbelief was unbelief in Christ. Matthew 19, 18. See what Jesus will say in Matthew 19, 18. Glory to God. Matthew 19, 18. He saith unto him. No. Matthew 19, verse 8. Not Matthew 19, verse 8. He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. Suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. God never gave them the law. You can never know God by the law. Write it in capital letters. Every misconception about God's character is majorly within the law of Moses. All the misconceptions concerning God's character were within the confines majorly of the law of Moses. Why? You can never know God by the law. Never. And many people in the church world today, their revelation of God is via the law of Moses. But you can never know God via the law. The law brings wrath. Romans 4, 5. The law brings wrath. So all those wrath of God, wrath of God, were within the confines of the law. Romans chapter 4, verse 15. Sorry. 4, verse 15. 
Because the law worketh wrath. The law worketh wrath. That's why you can't know God by the law. For where no law is, there is no transgression. The law brings wrath. The law brings wrath. The law brings cause. Those that are under the law will operate with the cause. Galatians 3.10 Galatians 3.10 For as many as are of the works of the law are under the cause. For it is written, Cost is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. The law, the law carries with it wrath and cause. You cannot know God with the law. If all the God you know is within the confines of the law, you know something else, not the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. James 2.10 James chapter 2 verse 10 For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. He is guilty of all. So the law has wrath. The law unveils causes. The law brings death. The law brings death. Romans chapter 7 verse 10. The law brings death. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. The law brings death. The law is called the ministry of death. The law is called the ministry of condemnation. The law is called the ministry of the letter that killeth. The law brings death. So if the revelation of God you are looking for is within the mixture or the confines of the law, you will be lost forever. Because the law can never unveil God. Because the law was not given by God. The law was given by natural man. The law brings death. The law cannot give life. Romans 3.21 The law cannot give life. Romans 3.21 But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God without the law. Of course, for by the law shall no flesh be justified. So you cannot know God within the confines of the law of Moses. That is why Romans 8.2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So that is why all those that are proponents of God kills, God punishes men with disaster, you will see that their modus operandi is within the confines of the law that produces death, that produces causes, that produces a lack of God in it. That is why the best the law can produce is morality, morality that is covered with hypocrisy. Morality that is covered with hypocrisy. But look at the death nail on the law. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness 
to everyone that believeth. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Give me again Romans chapter 3 verse 19. Romans 3 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may be guilty before God. So the mission of the law is to condemn the world, to make the world guilty before God. That is why the law is not given by God. The law is given by Moses. You see that? To condemn the world and make the world guilty before God. Watch this. They brought the woman caught in the very act of adultery. And they said to Jesus, Moses in the law says stone her. Because that's what the law has. Eye for eye. To that cannot be God. You cannot know God within the confines of the law. Grace, what do you say? Jesus said, neither do I condemn. First of all, is there any of you that is without sin cast the first stone? And none of them, they all left. He said, Madam, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Why will he say that? John 3, 18. John chapter 3, verse 18. I'm enjoying myself tonight. John 3, 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. 19. And this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. Give me verse 17. John 3 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. That is why God was in Christ. Look at me. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. So condemnation is not God. The law condemns. The law condemns. The law condemns. So you cannot know the power of God via the law. That is why grace, which is the truth, exists genomai by G, as Jesus Christ. Grace, which is the truth about God, exists as Jesus Christ. Jesus is the grace of God revealed. Jesus is the truth of God revealed. Jesus is the life of God revealed. Jesus is the modus operandi of God revealed. So for you to know God, you must believe in Jesus. Anybody that says God kills, God destroys, God is responsible for disasters to show his power, does not believe in Jesus. Does not believe in Jesus. So pay attention. Pay attention. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. 
The power of God is on to salvation. We saw yesterday, as we read through a plethora of scriptures in the Gospels, that the power of God has never destroyed all the scriptures we read yesterday in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No wonder Jesus will say in Luke chapter 5 verse 17. Let's read that one. Luke chapter 5 verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of God is for salvation. It was present to heal them. Not present to destroy or dislocate their legs. The power of God is seen within the confines or conduit of salvation. Now look at that scripture. Luke 5, 18 now. Luke chapter 5 verse 18. Pay attention. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Next verse. And when they could not find the way where they would bring him in. Next verse, 20 for time. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, remember the power of God was present. Thy sins are forgiven thee. So number one, the power of God is for forgiveness. Salvation. Give me the next verse, verse 20. 20. Matthew 5, 20. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, Thy sins are forgiven thee. 21. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? 22. Jesus answered them. 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Next verse. Whether it's easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk. Next verse. But that you may know that the Son of Man had power upon earth to forgive. Not just power, but power to an end. Power on earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thy house. Next verse. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. So, so far what we have seen is that the power of God is for salvation. The power of God is for forgiveness. The power of God is for healing. The power of God is not for destruction. Look at Acts 10.38. Let's, let's look at this power. Let's track the power of God in Acts and the Epistles. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Acts 26 18. Acts 26 18. Many scriptures good for your health to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So the power of God is for forgiveness, is for, for, for healing. Look at Romans 1, 4. 
we are looking at God's power. Romans 1.4 And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. How? By the resurrection from the dead. By the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1.16 It is the power of God unto salvation. Romans 1.20 Romans 1.20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Romans 9.17 Romans 9.17 For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Talking about the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. God gave Pharaoh the gospel which is God's power. Pharaoh rejected the gospel. In that rejection was the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. Romans 13.1 is secular power. Romans 15.13 Romans 15.13 Pay attention. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 15.19 Romans 15.19 Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Romans 16.25 Romans 16.25 We are tracking God's power. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. The power is to establish you according to my gospel. That is the preaching of Jesus Christ. So the power is to establish. The power is to establish. 1 Corinthians 1.18 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.24 1 Corinthians 1.24 But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. First Corinthians 2 4. First Corinthians 2 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, all constructive. First Corinthians 4 19. First Corinthians. 419. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will and will know, not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. Next verse. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. But in power. The preaching of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 5.4. 1 Corinthians 5.4. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus. With the power 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay with me. 1 Corinthians 15.24 1 Corinthians 15.24 Then come at the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God even the Father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. So far when Paul was talking about discipline that's what I'm about to show you. When Paul was talking about discipline in Corinth, see how he explained it. 2 Corinthians 13.10 2 Corinthians 13.10 Therefore, I write these things being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord had given me to edification and not to destruction. The power which the Lord has given me to edification, not to destruction. God's power does not destroy. God's power edifies. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Please pay attention. 2 Corinthians 6, 7. 2 Corinthians 6, 7. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me? Second Corinthians thirteen four. Second Corinthians thirteen four. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God through toward you. 2 Corinthians 13.10 2 Corinthians 13.10 Therefore, I write these things being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord had given me to edification and not to destruction. Are you still in the building? Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. The book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us? What do we believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Where is that power? Next verse. Which he wrought in Christ. And what was he used for? When he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So God's power is for life. Ephesians 3.7 Ephesians 3.7 Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Ephesians 3.20 Ephesians 3.20 Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that walketh in us. Ephesians 6.10 Glory to God. 
Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Philippians 3.10 Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Not the power of his destruction. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Colossians 1.13 Colossians 1.13 Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 1 Thessalonians 1.5 For our gospel came not unto you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know, what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Talking about dunamis. Second Thessalonians 1 9. Second Thessalonians 1 9. Glory to God. Second Thessalonians 1 9. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction away from the presence of the Lord? Destruction is away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And from the glory of his power. Are you still observing? They will be taken away. So that is the destruction of those that reject the gospel. Second Thessalonians 1.11 Second Thessalonians 1.11 Wherefore also we pray always for you. That our God will count you worthy of this calling. And fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. And the work of faith with power. First Timothy 6.16 First Timothy 6.16 Pay attention. Who only hath immortality dwelling in the light. Which no man can approach unto. Whom no man hath seen nor can see. To whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. I'm going to do some work there. Just stay with me. Second Timothy 1, 7 and 8. And 8. Second Timothy 1, 7 and 8. For God hath not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of 